Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. See you in Tampa. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. And Brett Bielman was really pushing that line. And, and Joey gave him a, a good uh, idea, right, as he was ending his press conferences. He kept saying, if you see him, tell him, see you in Tampa, because he wants to know all these Alana fans are going to the Rely Quest Bowl as Illinois will play Mississippi State January 2nd. But, Joey, you had an idea, and you gave it to him. I thought it was what he was doing the whole time, <laughs> like the letter C for Champagne and U for Urbana. I thought that was it. I was like, that yeah, makes sense. Brett came yeah. – Ready to go for this one. I think I broke some news to him. So if you see that, I don't want to say uh, – he said I get like two cents send for him it. Which, fl- send him his flowers. Yeah, please. <laughs> a little respect for those of us who came up with this. Well, here you go. Illinois football is going to a New Year's Day bowl game. It's actually on January 2nd this year. But uh, a big-time event for Illinois football and a, a big-time marker for the progress of this program. It's the first time in 15 years Illinois will be playing in one of the better Big Ten bowl games, not the Rose Bowl. Uh, not quite the citrus, which they were in play for here, Joey. We thought Music City. Uh, it's interesting how this process went along. Going into this week, Illinois really thought it was going to the Music City Bowl in, in Nashville. But when USC lost and it put Ohio State back in the college football playoff, it really opened up a path back to Florida. Purdue wins the Big Ten West. They get the Citrus Bowl. Illinois gets the Rely Quest Bowl. So Illini fans uh, that, that don't care about the, the plane tickets, which are expensive, which is why we are going to road trip most likely uh, to Tampa. But great to get down in Florida, some sun, maybe it's 60, 70 degrees down there. Uh, but this is what you want is everyone's at home watching football on January 1st and January 2nd. And Illinois football will be part of that, even if they're not the premier matchup. Illinois-Mississippi State, two entertaining coaches in Brett Bielema and Mike Leach. This could be a lot of fun outside of Mississippi State and their darn cowbells. You have been on the cowbell watch. We got to hear that cowbell. all like, – I said like it was South Carolina – I guess LSU came into the mix late. But it was South Carolina, Mississippi State, and, and uh, Kentucky that we were basically thinking of. I didn't want the cowbells. Well, we get more cowbell. We definitely get more cowbell. I, this is all like, I knew, but I never thought about it because I don't watch a lot of Mississippi State. I'm sure by the second – like, I'm one to complain, so I'm sure by the second quarter I will have those complaints ready to go. But it is. This is a really good – I thought Brad Bielema summed it up well, I guess. With, we'll start with – he said it's the, the, kind of the finale to the season, which it is, and there's a lot of guys you're not going to see here next season, be it NFL or eligibility, uh, you know, finally being done, a guy like Alex Palczewski. But it's also a Kickstarter into next season, right? And I think that's, that's also the thing is, like, this isn't those dog days of December where it's winter strength or whatever. You're, you're in Tampa. You're, you're still doing this team thing, this one last run together. And then you kind of have a break and you get into spring ball, and it, it's just – 
it's kind of a little bit more, I don't know, is alive the right word? Yeah. Just kind of a more buzz and, and going into it. And, of course, like you said, people are going to be watching Illinois football on January 2nd. That's just not been the case. And I'm sure Brett Bielma will tell every recruit he's recruiting to turn into, I don't even know what network has the game, to be honest with you, on Illinois 2nd or on uh, January 2nd to watch Illinois. So it's a good one, man. It's a big deal for Illinois. I believe it's ESPN uh, that they're on. Uh, we'll have to double-check that, but I, I believe it's ESPN or ESPN2. So it's definitely a national audience for this one. Uh, but I do think this is a nice step forward for the program. When you get in a bowl game like this, now you got to keep it like this, right? But I do think this game is important for Illinois. I mean, there's a difference of how you feel and what you can sell in recruiting if you beat an SEC team, which Brett Bielman pointed out several times in his press conference today, Illinois is 0-3 against the SEC in a bowl games. So if you can get a, a win over the SEC, kind of, I, I guess, do, do you want to say it verifies, legitimizes the, the earlier wins you had over Wisconsin all that? Mississippi State's got an explosive offense. Will Rogers has some of the best stats in the country for a quarterback. 3,700 yards, 34 touchdowns, six interceptions. Mike Leach is an offensive genius with his air raid. Um, so we'll get into who plays or who doesn't, but against Illinois secondary, this is a phenomenal matchup against an Illinois defense with Ryan Walters and what they've done. And we'll get into Ryan Walters here in a little bit too. I love this matchup. It's a contrasting styles, but it is an SEC program against a Big Ten program, and I think it's a fair matchup, Joey. So I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun to see if Illinois can get to a nine-win season for the first time in 15 years and check off another box, which they haven't won a bowl game since, whoa, 99. 99. Josh Whitman was a player at Illinois the last time they won a bowl game. I just went through it in my head. Rose Bowl they lost, of course. Sugar Bowl they lost. Uh, Red Box Bowl they lost. Um, yeah. And the, the with the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl they lost uh, as well. Fight oh, Fight Hunger Bowl. I'm, on, I'm missing man. that. Oh, they won two of them man, in the Zook the era. Ah, jeez. I'm terrible with this. All right, so scratch that. I put out the, the, the Zook uh, Bowl years after the uh, Rose Bowl. But, yes, the Fight Hunger Bowl, Texas Bowl, that's my bad. Uh, they played very well against uh, Robert Griffin III. How, I kind of blacked that out of my head. Uh, but they haven't won a bowl game in 10 years, right? Uh, and they beat UCLA, beat Baylor. I think this would be a nice springboard uh, for them, potentially coming off a really good season despite uh, a bad November. And, and this team said it learned a lot uh, in November about what it takes to win those games. But I think to, to end the season with a win, which Illinois hasn't done in a really long time, would be really important. It would. And, and you know, Brett Bielma would – I'm, I'm guessing look at other Big Ten records in the bowl games that they were like. There's just a lot you can kind of market. Going into this, if you win it coming out of it, you can say you had a nine-win season in Brett Bielema's second year, which still seems like, wow, this is a five-win team. So th there is a lot, man. And it's, I think if you're an Illinois fan or if you're an Illinois player or coach, you look at it, and to your point, you're not going up against some power. That's not taking anything away from Mississippi State. There's – like, this is a game that you could conceivably go in and win and, and build that momentum. And, and Brett Bielema's going to say we started the calendar 2023 year off with the win. Like, there's all those things, and it's just a lot of good vibes yeah. you, you can have out of this. And and you're coming off the win against Northwestern. This isn't 2019 where you really just kind of fell in to the Red Box Bowl. There's, there's a little momentum to be built here. 
Yeah, uh, so let's talk about some of these other items we got to talk about with uh, Illinois football. They have had a couple development practices, too, so far. Uh, and Brett Bielma said, I think they're going to have five uh, development practices. I don't, I don't know if that was additional or not, but this is a huge opportunity, Joey, to, to really – and this is what they missed last year. Uh, you know, being in a bowl game would have been nice, could have helped recruiting a little bit. I think more importantly, could have helped develop a roster, which obviously they did a good job with anyway. But if you can get some of these young guys – uh, that have to play big roles next year. Um, Matthew Bailey, I don't even know if he's going to be part of these development practices, but guys like Tyson Rooks, guys like Xavier Scott, who played some significant steps uh, early in the season. Elijah McCanto. Elijah McCanto. Some of these uh, linebackers, they're going to have to play a little bit more next year. Hunter Offensive Whitenack. lineman, uh, Hunter Whiteneck, is he going to be in the mix next year? Josh Geske's a kid I hear they're pretty high on going into next year. Um, some of those wide receivers, uh, whether it's Ian Pugh, I, I don't think Sean Miller would be healthy enough for this yet, but Ashton Hollins, get Jordan Anderson some carries. Aiden Lawfrey, if he can get back healthy, uh, if he can get some carries. Like, this is going to be a really good time for them to get experience. Donovan Leary, you know, because whether it's Tommy DeVito coming back, we'll talk about that, or a transfer, Donovan Leary is moving up the depth chart. Kirk Michaud is moving up the depth chart because Ryan Johnson, we'll see what happens with Arthur Sikowski. Ryan Johnson's gone. So he's going to be a top three quarterback, most likely Donovan Leary. So these are huge practices to get these in addition to the 15 spring practices are invaluable for those guys. Yeah, and if you zoom out a little bit, you're going to have from December through, let's say, the third week of April, give or take, you're going to have 30 practices. Mm -hmm. That, like... We know Brett Bielema tried to fight and claw and scratch to a bowl game. The, I think it was the Gator Bowl that he was uh, very publicly trying to lobby for. And, and you get it, right? But I think he wanted the practices. Yeah. And, and that's what it comes down to is those developmental practices to just kind of take that step forward. I mean, that's 15 practices you don't get because you didn't win enough games. And Brett Bielema doesn't like not having what everyone else has or what other Big Ten teams have, and he wants those. And and those are a big deal, and exactly for the guys that you mentioned, it can be a long time to run scout team from August yes. or September to spring ball, right? I mean, you, you want to get in there and get a little, get your feet wet and, and kind of still have that involvement. And that's, that's just as big out of this as anything beyond traveling and the exposure to get those guys some reps in your system and your offense and your defense and your special teams unit. Yeah, some other guys I just want to mention, uh, Owen Anderson, Henry Boyer, Navion Cargill, all guys who are – going to compete for a role next year. I think Henry Boyer will definitely be part of that as a blocker, but they need somebody who could be a dynamic pass catcher, whether that's transfer or Anderson or Cargill, kind of stepping up there, a guy like Mountis Moeller, to, mm -hmm. to get some reps. Uh, Joey Okla, uh, Matt Fries and Clayton Leonard, the offensive line, Malachi Hood, uh, TJ Griffin, you know, all these guys can go up and down the roster, but a lot of those freshmen because Joey, they haven't really gotten a lot of reps in the Illinois offense and defense. And, I think for quarterbacks especially, uh, that's going to be big to be able to get some of those reps because they're, they're very limited during the season. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, we did talk to Brett Bielma. You asked him about Ryan Walters, who clearly was a candidate for the Colorado job. Brett said that he allowed Ryan to interview some places. Uh, don't know exactly, but we know he was a candidate for Colorado who decides to go with Deion Sanders. So Rick George, I love it that he's going with a big swing because it's probably his, his last chance for a hire unless this one really succeeds. And I, I think there's a high ceiling with what Deion Sanders can bring talent-wise. But Brett didn't, you know, make any bones about it. Like, he's got talented people, and, and they're going to be interviewed places, and maybe some of his assistants get some opportunities elsewhere. Um, so they're up front about that. I think Josh Whitman, those guys are very supportive of those guys finding the right spot. But Brett made the comment that he's made before, Joey, of just because you get an opportunity doesn't mean you leap at it. You want it to be the right opportunity in the right environment. I think Walters would have taken the Colorado job because it's a Power 5 job. But I think Brett's going to be very honest with those guys about whether he thinks this is the right move because he said his coaches previously uh, had had really good conversations with him and been up front about what he thinks is the best opportunity. So it's good news that you have Ryan Walters as a candidate uh, for, for other jobs. You do not want him leaving for another D.C. job. Um, and, and Brett wants him to leave for the right head coaching job. Is Cincinnati that? I don't know. Is he going to be a candidate at Cincinnati? I don't know. But what would you make of what Brett had to say? I mean, I thought it was relatable, right? I think you and I have been in situations where you don't just want to take take those jobs. But I thought the – I mean, just to have the dialogue, right? Because that can sometimes be a tricky discussion where it's, you know, obviously you want to be up front, but you don't – just to have that kind of cohesion between them and be able to have that conversation, to have Josh Whitman have that conversation, I mean, that's really encouraging, I think, just to, to know that, hey, man, like, if you can get a head coach, like, go – and I think they won't say this, but I think you and I both agree that like, if you lose Ryan Walters to a head coaching job, especially in the Power Five, yeah. Typical. But say, you, you're you, awesome. do, you do not want it to be a DC somewhere. It's, you know what it reminds me of? I was thinking about this the other day. Remember when we said, you know, Illinois is really lucky to get three years out of Kofi Coburn? And they were. And, and I still, to a degree, if Ryan Walters is the Illinois defensive coordinator next year, I would still say, Illinois is pretty lucky to have three years of Ryan Walters. You just don't want Ryan Walters in the transfer portal like Kofi Coburn was and at some other program. You want him in, in this, you know, the NBA or playing professionally or, in this case, a head coaching job. Those are the similarities <laughs> I drew between that. And I think you would be – like, I think Ryan Walters – I think that's fair to say at this point. Like, you would be lucky to have Ryan Walters for a third-year defensive coordinator in your yeah. program. It's the same thing we thought about with uh, I would assume. Right? I would assume we get, you got a third year of him, Ryan Walters. You get a, If you can get a third year of him – it's a huge bonus, but like you said, even if it's Kentucky for Kofi or Alabama for Ryan Walters, you don't want that to happen. And um, Josh Whitman was asked about it as well today, and he said what he's always said, which is they are going to try and keep this band together. He, he's repeated that, and I think we've seen him uh, make the investments needed to, to do that, whether it's Barry Lunny, whether it's Brett Bielma. I would expect the contract extension gets done sometime this offseason or whether it's Ryan Walters, right? I think Ryan's looking at those head coaching jobs now, um, seeing if he's a fit. You know, Brett said he's away from the team for a little bit to do some of those things. 
But um, I think Whitman's going to be very competitive and knows like the value of what Ryan Walters is. But I also think you know, Joe, you got a head coach that can go get really good coaches, whether that's promoting Kevin Kane, which we would think would be the in-house, you know, no-doubt option there. Andy Booth certainly uh, talented enough for that, has done it before, experienced with it. Aaron Henry, I think, eventually will be a D.C. somewhere. Um, or if it's going to get somebody, whether it's, you know, Chris Ash is out there, Jim Leonard's staying in Wisconsin because he God. loves <laughs> Wisconsin more than anybody loves anything in, in this world. Um, but, yeah, I think Illinois has got candidates internally that are really good. I think they got an AD that's going to make sure that unless some Alabama comes in and offers Ryan Walters ungodly money, I think there's a good shot. If he doesn't get a head coaching job, he's going to be here. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and to your point, not only does – you know, I'm with you. I think Kevin Kane is the most likely in-house guy. But you, you hired a head coach who's been around – when Josh Whitman hired Brett Bielma, he's been around. Brett Bielma has been around a lot of coaches. He's got a very broad network. Like, I think that helps. You didn't just get some guy who – and that's not a knock on first-year head coach. Like, you just have somebody who has a very large contact list and who's somebody who has shown the ability to help these coordinators advance their career offensively and defensively. That's attractive. Even if you don't know someone super well, he didn't know Ryan Walters super well, his history and the opportunity was attractive to Ryan Walters. Like, that helps. So, I – yeah, you, you would hate to lose them if it comes down. We don't know. Like I feel like yeah. we're talking about this. Like we, we don't know what's going to happen with that. But the fact that there's, you feel like Illinois can replace coordinators in, in ways that we haven't seen this program do in the past. And I think that's the big thing. I'm not saying replacing Ryan Walters is easy, but there's a list of, of yeah. people, and I think that's the big deal with them. Listen, I don't know if you're going to get a guy singularly as good as what Ryan has done the last couple of years but I think you're going to have a very good staff I, because I, I, you believe in the head coach you, is all those things you just said. It's kind of like Brad Underwood now. If he loses an assistant, you're kind of like, oh, he's done this before. Uh, Brett Bielma has done it before where he's had to replace good talent, whether it was at Wisconsin or Arkansas, uh, and find guys who are, are very, very good. Uh, let's talk about the other big topic of the offseason, the transfer portal. Illinois has lost two guys so far, Daniel Edwards, who was moved from DB to wide receiver, and D.D. Snyder, uh, who was – third, fourth string, defensive back. Neither of those guys a big surprise. They're part of that awkward 2021 class. Uh, both those guys talented, had other Power 5 offers, but it's clear they're looking for something different in their DBs than, than Lovey Smith for the most part, even though they've excelled with some of the guys uh, Lovey Smith kept. But uh, that 2021 class, I think half of it uh, about is gone at this point, uh, which is not a huge surprise. But Joey, Brett Bielma said he's not expecting to lose a lot more guys. Um, you can always be surprised by this. Illinois is always trying to make sure they're ready for if they have a surprise. Um, but it, it, Brett Bielma said today, I've had conversations with guys. He seems to feel pretty confident they're not going to lose guys who make a big impact. Um, but the one thing we've got to talk about is transfers in, and they're clearly going to go after a quarterback. But one question that hasn't been answered is whether Tommy DeVito We'll be back for another year because they could apply for a waiver just like they did with Michael Marquez uh, and Alex Belcheski, and that was successful. DeVito's case might be different, but the timing of this is really interesting. I asked Brett Bielma directly if he's going to try and get another year. He wouldn't answer directly about Tommy DeVito, but it was clear in his answer that they will, they are uh, going to hit the, um, have that conversation with the NCAA, but they have no idea when they would hear back on that. So I would imagine Illinois is going to go try and find a quarterback right now. 
it's not even clear if Tommy DeVito wants to spend a seventh year in college or if he just wants to go make his run an NFL career, whether he's thought of as an NFL draft prospect or not. He certainly had a, a great year, probably his best in college. Yeah, that's the key. Right? It takes two to it takes two in the NCAA. Uh, Illinois, I think, would clearly love Tommy DeVito back, but do you want to be in college for seven years? You and I talked about this. We're done after four. Yeah. Now, we're not Tommy DeVito. It's a different life to be Tommy DeVito. But, yeah, that's that's kind of the big elephant in the room, I, I guess, is what's, who's going to be the quarterback next year? And there's some you're seeing the portal. There's some talented options in the portal. Jeremy, I know you broke that down uh, today, as a matter of fact, in, in a VIP piece. But to have a guy, if you can get a guy year two in your system who played as well as Tommy did in year one, that's a pretty attractive, uh, pretty attractive option. And then, again, you're still building those bridges to your next long-term quarterback. Uh, so be interested what, what that looks like. And I, the timing's hard because portal moves quick, man, yeah. and portal quarterbacks move quicker. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So, I listen, there's some really talented options, and I think Illinois is going to get a guy either that was really good at the Power 5 level or a starter at some point at the Power 5 level or a top prospect at the Power 5 level. Or they can get a guy like – I think Brett Gabbert from Miami, Ohio, is really interesting. He has two years of eligibility, and I think he was the MAC freshman of the year uh, four years ago. Uh, but if that's like your – I think that's like the lowest possible option for Illinois, and I think he could be really good. Um, but obviously there, there's other things. Brennan Armstrong, sure, I'd want him on my team. Uh, I just saw Graham Mertz enter the portal. I don't know if that would be a fit, but – you know, there's a lot of good names that are in the portal. Hudson Card would be ideal if you can get him. But they're, they're going to have a lot of options, some of these guys. But I think Illinois is going to be a very attractive option. So while we don't know exactly who the name will be, who their top target will be, I think Illinois has a pretty good idea of where it wants to go, Joey. And I think they're going to get a good quarterback um, if that's the route they go and we expect it to be if they get a new starting quarterback. I expect it to be a pretty talented guy because after what Tommy did this year, what Barry has done with the offense, and what this program has done in building a good offensive line, good running game, and a good defense, I think quarterbacks are going to feel like they can exceed in this environment. And Tommy DeVito, kudos to him, and Barry Lunny showed what a quarterback can do with an extra year or two at Illinois. At Illinois in the Big Ten on an 8-4 and four team that I think – even though it's clear they're going to lose talent, the, the arrow, the stock arrow is still pointing up for Illinois. Uh, it, it can be a place where you can come in and, and be good and have that success. So that's, yeah, it's, I, I was thinking as you were talking, like when was the last time Illinois had a pitch this good? Not, uh, not necessarily the land, but the pitch to this level where it's like, oh, if they, like I think after 2019, if they had to get in the portal after Brandon's year, it would have been a fine pitch. It wouldn't have been this, but I don't remember the last time the cell was this good. It was it was after Juice Williams and they got Nathan Shieldhaus, right? Like that was probably the best pitch. I mean, and Bill Cuban had a good year with, with Nathan Shieldhaus, but certainly. Um, and here's another thing I want to bring up. Like I know everyone's ideal is to get a quarterback that's going to be here for four years and he's going to be your long-term answer. I think it's okay at this position, at quarterback especially, if you have to get a new one every year or two through the portal, that might be the best case for Illinois because that's how you're going to find four-star-plus four talent. Like I think that is the best opportunity until you have an established pipeline of quarterbacks here. Like It's just kind of like offensive line. They've had to go the JUCO route. They've had to go get some transfers here to get the best available talent for what they want. 
if they have to do this for several years, I'm fine with that because there's a lot of transfer quarterbacks. Caleb Williams, yeah. Michael Penix, like a lot of Johnny Manziel was a tra- like a lot of the best quarterbacks in the country. Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow end up being transferred because there's only so many of them and so many opportunities that five of them go to Ohio State. Only one of them is going to start for a couple of years. So that's maybe the best way for Illinois to get talent. So I'm just not a believer that you have to get a high school. Is that ideal? Sure. But Illinois right now with where they're at, the best talent they're going to get is probably through the portal. Yeah. I, I think two years. Like I, I think Illinois would be well served to get off if you can this one-year quarterback carousel. Sure. I'd love to have a two-year guy. Yeah. Now, even, let's say even if you get to the high school level, right, like if that's the goal is to have a high school quarterback – we just had a whole long discussion in Evanston about this. You're probably still only talking two years as a starter, yes. right? So maybe three if you really get the right one. And those guys are very important for depth. Yeah. Which next year, quarterback depth is a real concern. And obviously we had that concern this year uh, with Archer Sikowski, but you do need depth. And I think we saw with like Kansas State, backup quarterback oh. was pretty dang good, right? Like they, they lose their starter, Adrian Martinez, who's a transfer, fantastic for them. Um, but they had a guy who can come in and make plays, and you hope that's what Donovan Leary can be, and then maybe he could be a starter eventually. But uh, I'm fine if, if you're doing this transfer quarterback thing because there's a lot of talent in the transfer portal. Yeah, I'm with you. I Like I said, just try to get two. Like two just feels yes. a little bit more. Uh, but I'm not passing up Brendan Armstrong. If oh, God, no, 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 no. Like you don't turn down talent for years, right? Like you go get the most talent and hope you get a few years too. Like that, that's what it comes down to. And yeah, dude, the portal, the portal is not ever going to dry up. It's never going to go away. There's never going to be a shortage of quarterbacks. That's just a fact. You just have to make your pitch better. So you're on a short list for some of these quarterbacks. There's always going to, they're always going to be there. Drew asked, do you think Brett was being uh, evasive regarding applying for a waiver with DeVito to not scare off a potential transfer quarterback? Yeah, it's it's a tough place to be, right? Like, I think they have to go like DeVito's not going to be back. Like, I, I think you have to approach this like DeVito's not going to be back. And I just don't know if Tommy wants to. Uh, we haven't been able to talk to him. If, if we get a chance, we, we will. But the timing of this is it would be really tough um, to, to go and get somebody. Now, Illinois has been able to get a quarterback in the spring, bring him in. Brandon Peters came in the spring, didn't come into the summer. A.J. Bush, same thing. So they can still find a guy later in the process. But, man, now is the time uh, to, to go get some of those guys. You don't want to be in the summer without being able to officially talk about your guy because that means you miss the spring. Like that, that's why when we said in Evanston, like this has got to happen in the next three weeks, like that holds as true as it gets. You've got to have somebody. Do you remember the uh, – what year? Was it the A.J. Bush year? That spring ball was Cam Thomas. Uh, was he? There was only one scholarship quarterback, if I'm remembering correctly, and it was Cam Thomas. Yeah. You want – and that would be the case here, depending on what Arthur Sikowski does – you don't want one scholarship quarterback in spring ball. Like that's not where you want to be. Yeah. All right. Um, obviously, a big time for transfer portal recruiting. Uh, offensive line, I know, is a is a big need for them. I would imagine them to try to get a center. They're certainly going for JUCO offensive tackles. They added DB here in the Cario Harper. Let's talk a little bit about him. Transferred from Louisville, where he only played four games. He has one more year of eligibility. He was an FCS All-American a couple years ago. Illinois will be his fourth school. Um, I, when I look at his film from, from Jacksonville State where he was an All-American there, 
He looks like he's going to play that Sidney Brown role. I talked with him today. I'll have that story up tomorrow. Um, man, he, he has the Aaron Henry mindset of being physical, of uh, the Ryan Walters uh, pull the trigger. He is a physical player. I think he's going to be an in-box safety. I was told he could play a Quan Martin-like role as well. But they need to experience Joey in the secondary. Didn't play at Louisville. He told me things he was promised there were, were not – um, followed through with so he wanted to try another spot and he loves the the staff here he thinks obviously their ability to develop talent in the secondary is really good so he's gonna be in the mix man to, to start it at, at, at safety whether it's the the nickel or the in the box Sidney Brown role I think it's great to have a guy like Matthew Bailey who can both play the Sidney Brown role or I think free safety I think that gives him some flexibility but they needed another veteran experienced guy here and now they have him Taz Nicholson as upperclassmen. Those are the only upperclassmen DBs on this roster right now. I still think they could go get a corner. But what do you think of their first addition through the transfer portal? It is a addition that we've seen Brett Bielma make before, where you need somebody to come in hungry. I mean, it's not – he was an FCS All-American, but it's not, you know, a Power 5 starter. Not right? former four-star who gets right. you going, right? Who gets the fan base going, I guess, right away. Yeah, but it, it kind of fits the mold of hungry – Success at a lower level. Um, Brett Bielma thinks this is the kind of culture guy, kind of guy who can make an impact, whether it's depth or starter. Uh, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, I and I think the other big thing is the versatility. Could he be Sydney? Could he be Quan? That allows could Matthew Bailey, you know, that allows you to kind of mold your pieces to where's Matthew Bailey best, where's Xavier Scott best, where's Keontae Curry best. Those guys are names you've got to know, right? Mm-hmm. So having somebody who isn't just okay, he is only a free safety in the way that we see him. He's only an in-the-box safety. He's only this. That helps because there's going to be a lot of guessing and checking, I would think, in spring ball. Maybe not guessing. I don't know if guessing is the right word, but a a lot of tinkering, a lot of different moving parts, moving pieces. Uh, How are they going to want to do this? Maybe you'll see that in the Devo practice. Well, we won't see it, but maybe we'll hear of of these things through the grapevines of of that. But to have a guy who can be two guys, you think, that helps as you figure out the puzzle of your secondary. Remind me, I got a few more things about the guys playing in the bowl, uh, some stories the last time they were in Tampa. I want to remember that uh, before we get out of here. Let's get to some of your comments here uh, before we get out of here. Uh, Joel says, how much of an impact could a bowl of this caliber have on increased NIL money being made available going forward? Brett Bielma has kind of teased about some changes to their NIL program. And he said, it sounds like those will be announced at some point. So we don't know exactly what those will be, but it sounds like, you know, Josh Whitman's been very proactive with NIL Hell. They had the press conference with the governor of Illinois and, and yeah. Cam Buckner and all those guys here. Um, so I, I think they're being proactive and they know that football needs more of what basketball has. Basketball is killing it in the NIL department. I mean, getting Matthew Meyer, Terrence Shannon, and Sky Clark here was part of that. Uh, and certainly some of their guys are making money and making, I would say, significant money for a college student uh, playing football in some of these things. We've seen Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph, the Brown brothers, Alex Palczewski and Isaiah Williams have some of these things. But, you know, I think the fan base obviously is more excited. It's easier with basketball. There's only so many guys and so many stars and you're having so much success. But that is the next step of not only getting players, but retaining players, right? Of making sure those guys are making money they could make elsewhere. Uh, So I'm interested to see what those things will be, Joey. But certainly, NIL is becoming a big part. Brett Bielema has talked about NIL. His first recruiting class here was not part of the conversation. 
that is not true anymore. Like NIL is a huge part of the recruiting conversation, whether it's transfers or prep guys. Yeah, I think you're going to see maybe here because everyone wants the numbers. And we're sorry that we can't. Yeah. They don't. Isaiah Williams doesn't come in and say, hey, how you doing? I just signed a $10,000 deal. Like, that's not how this Just got a stack, guys. Yeah, that's not how this goes. But I, I think the, the conversation, you can't, you, how do I want to put, like, you can't maintain an eight and four better season and not be involved in NIL. You just right. can't. Like, you've got to have that footprint or, or that ability to make sure that your collectives or whatever, there's opportunity around here to get, and retain those players like that's that's just how this goes and i think it helps that illinois is, as nil is now like this incredibly large loud conversation that illinois turned an eight and four season yep. like five and four would have been one a step back in terms of what brett wants to do on the field or not five and four i'm sorry five and nine no five and seven how's yeah, math good lord that's terrible. <laughs> well, I forgot Illinois won two back-to-back bowl games yeah, in 2010 okay. and 2011. So we each had to screw up here. It's, it's the off-season-ish. Uh, but it would have been a step backwards for what Brett wanted to do on the field. It doesn't exactly inspire a lot of NIL interest either. Eight and four does. Yeah. Eight and four helps that. So I think a New Year's Day bowl game, I think all those things help. I don't think it's a magical you're going to have a Brinks truck backed up for the collective. But I think you just have to see those steps be taken on the field to get people to want to – Let's just say it. Spend their money. Yeah. Uh, people aren't spending their money to watch a team go four and eight, five and seven. Yeah, and and listen, we've reported whether it's Cam Cox, the NIL coordinator, has been very media friendly with us. Uh, we've talked with the guys at the Illini Guardians. Like, there's certainly an effort and there's a knowledge, uh, but NIL is kind of this still, as Brett said, uncharted territory, and still figuring out how this all works, how they can use it in recruiting. It's certainly working well with basketball because when you have a Kofi Coburn and you can tell people he's making this much money or you have a Terrence Shannon now or a Sky Clark, like he's making this much money. Uh, with football, a program that hasn't drawn a lot of excitement from its fan base in a long time, um, it's going to take some time. I think it's going to take some time for fans to buy in that I need to spend my money this way. Season and for tickets. Yeah, and, and for Illinois to figure out like, all right, do we want them to buy tickets or do we want them to invest here? How much more do we push from the fan base um, you obviously need your big donors on board with a lot of this because, you know, it's expensive to for fans to donate all this money, time, energy uh, into all of these things. But it's necessary now to compete, especially in the Big Ten, Joey, where two teams are in the college football playoff. Wisconsin just hired a coach who's going to recruit a hell of a lot better than the last one. Nebraska just hired a coach that's going to make $9 million a year. Oh, and USC, Lincoln, Riley are coming in soon, and Chip Kelly and UCLA are coming in soon. The ante is only getting upped. I think that's been good for Illinois football because they have the right AD who's actually going to try and be good and all of that, and he has upped the ante for Illinois football. But the NIL department certainly where they're going to have to keep uh, upping that ante, and we'll see what those steps are. Yeah, that's, that to me is kind of the next off the field. Like I think Illinois is recruiting at a level that you and I thought – there's obviously big fish out there. There's misses. I'm not saying recruiting's perfect, but like you've seen that get to where it's like, okay, they're getting some really good players in here. I think the NIL is the next step. Transfer portal, those are probably fairly connected. Uh, like the, that's the next off the field step to to replace some of this talent you inherited. Um, Seneca Flint said, "Is D line the biggest transfer need on defense?" presuming the whole law firm is playing on Sundays. I don't know if we can presume that. Um, you know, talking with some people in the program, like, 
I think Johnny Newton is going to be a second or third round pick. I, I talked with one scout who thinks that uh, whether he's a second or third round pick, we'll have a big deal because if he's a fourth or fifth rounder, he might want to come back. I just don't know how much more he can prove on the field. I think Keith Randolph with another year could really boost his stock. I think right now he'd probably be a day three pick, most likely, but there's a little bit of risk involved there of are you going to be a fifth rounder or are you going to be an undrafted free agent? He's been in school for four years. We know Julian Pearl has been in five years, and he's probably not going to come back because he's just ready to move on. But, yes, D-line could be the biggest need, or it could be a non-need if both those guys decided to come back, and, and that will have to play out. But I do think Johnny, who's not on a lot of these meet sites, uh, these NFL draft experts haven't really had Johnny listed. So I don't know if it's just me overlooking that, that we should look into that, but just in my conversation with people, uh, including one scout that thinks he's a second or third round pick, like he led the Big Ten in pressures from an interior defensive line position. You guys saw the games. He was dominant. I, I just don't know if he can improve his stock much more. And as a, a third-year guy, if he can get to the league now and maximize his earnings as a second- or third-round pick, um, I, I think he should go. Obviously, Devin Witherspoon will go. Chase Brown will go. Um, the other big one, I, I think, I don't think Seth Coleman makes the leap quite yet, but I do think he's a guy that, that could get some interest at some point. But if you can get one of Johnny or Keith back, Certainly you'd like to add a defensive line transfer that can help them because Bryce Barnes is the guy behind, solid rotational player. I think you need a guy with a little bit of higher ceiling uh, to, to be potentially your starter. But I don't know what Sed McConnell brings you. Yeah. T. Edwards I think is going to be a good starter at nose. Rashawn Wilkins we didn't see a lot this year, but he's got one more year of eligibility. So I think they will add one D-line transfer at some point here, Joey. Who that will be, I, I don't know. But a lot's going to depend on the decisions over the next month, and we'll know. What, five weeks? Because the January 16th deadline for NFL draft entry is coming up. Yeah, I do think defensive line has the potential to be yep. the biggest need. Even if you lose one of, of Johnny Newton or Keith Randolph, it's probably the biggest need. Uh, and I say that, and you kind of need number one corner, too. Um, but kind of the recruiting misses of 19, 20, and 21, those recruiting classes are starting to, to come to light more. 22, I, I guess you could – 21 and 22 would be it because in 20 they got Johnny. They so, 19 they got Keith. But yeah. The, so there's one. It's, it's Seth McConnell. It's the only defensive yes. line recruit left from 20, 21, and 22 on your roster. Uh, I think 21 and 22. 21 and 22. If Johnny goes, it would be you, you could go back to that class. So that's that's coming to roost, man. And the, the, you want a little more positivity? I guess the positive side of that is if one or both of those guys go, you've got pretty good. <laughs> pitches to sit out there and say, hey, we helped this player similar to, you know, you're similar to Johnny, you're similar to Keith, and look where they're at right now. The pitches across the board, I think, at every position are better than they were a year ago. I think you just don't want to have to, and I, I know Pat Embleton told you, Jeremy, you don't want to rely. You want to be a high school mm -hmm. foundational program, yep. but I, I think the pitches help when, when you're in a pinch like Illinois could be. Well, and I think we have no doubt the offensive line, like they're losing guys. They're going to lose Pilstrom, Pelcheski, most likely Pearl, right? Adams and Chrysler should be back here. Jordan Slaughter comes back. Uh, and they're in on these Juco kids. They'll probably end a, land a transfer. But I don't think we worry about offensive line because the cell is so good. The staff is so proven in doing that. This staff developed defensive linemen really well. I think Mason Moragan and Alex Bray are solid defensive line prospects. But the talent accrual when it comes to defensive line is still unknown. And when Brett talked about the offensive line and the issues they inherited in, in those classes and got in trouble for it, um, 
from some media who didn't have the context, like the defensive line is kind of that spot now. You've added T-Ra, you've added Rashawn Wilkins, which helps. Um, the staff has done that, but this guy's still a little bit unproven, and Johnny and Keith are just so dang good. It's just you're not going to replace if Johnny leaves. You're not going to find another Johnny. But you could have Seth Coleman become a monster, Gabe Ackes become a monster next year. And then if you have solid guys along with Keith, if he came back, um, and T-Rot, like, I think you'd feel really good about your defensive front. And then Tariq Barnes, if he comes back for another year, along with C.J. Hart and some of these other uh, linebackers who are developing, you're not going to replace Johnny Newton if he leaves. You're not going to replace Keith Randolph if he leaves. But if you get one of those guys back, along with steps forward from everybody else, including T-Rot, who I think is a is a capable Big Ten starter already, um, that defensive front could be really good again. Yeah, there are, there are just little reminders uh, you know, you, you get caught up in an 8-4 and four season and the fact that they were in the Big Ten West race until the bitter end. There are little reminders like this that kind of show still where Illinois has to go as a program. Yeah. And, and those holes in the roster, you could say the same in the defensive backfield now. With they the have guys one, gone. they have two now because of Nicario Harper. Two upperclassmen defensive backs. That's a huge roster hole. Like, they've added a lot of talent at defensive backs. Sorry to interrupt you, John. No, no. But, like... That, that is what you're talking about, is those roster holes that you got to fix, even like tight end a little bit, right? Um, after Luke and Marques, it's, it's tip, and then it's three freshmen, really. Um, so just little roster holes like that that you've inherited, and now we got quarterback. If Art Sikowski and Tommy DeVito are both gone, Donovan Leary and Kirkland Michaud are your guys. That's one scholarship quarterback that's left on the roster. Yeah, so that's when we talk depth, yeah, like that's it, but – I think it's, again, you want to spin it the other way. You look at year two, there's fewer of those, right? Like there's wide receiver a year ago. It's like, good Lord, this is, this is tough sledding. Okay, well, now you would feel good about what you think the 2023 starters would look like. You like the class of, of 2022. You're still building in the class of 2023. Offensive line goes in that same conversation. Running back is... In between, I think. Running back's an interesting position. We brought it up. Do you go get a transfer? Do you feel like Josh McCray, Reggie Love, Aiden Lawfrey, despite injuries to all of those guys at certain points, are, are they good enough? That would be fascinating to watch. Um, I get the vibe they don't feel like running back's a big need, especially with Jordan Anderson and, you know, Caden Fagan and some of these guys. And maybe Nick Fadonzo at some point. They feel good enough with their depth that, that they can find it. But losing a Chase Brown, if you have a chance to land, land like a superstar running back, I would do it. Right. Like if you had a chance to land a Kenneth Walker, like, you go and do that. I don't think you need a guy just for depth, though. No, 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 no. You don't. That, that's not a position you want to add uh, depth to. Can I just talk about Kirkland Michaud's quarterback? No. <laughs> not next season. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Kirkland Michaud. I don't expect to be, you know, if he's playing in a game, it's because injuries happen, right? Like, he's played baseball the last couple of years. He certainly has talent. He looks the part. Joey Wagner loves his look as a quarterback, uh, Scott uh, Ritchie is a fan of big quarterbacks. He's a big, sturdy quarterback with a really strong arm. He's barely had any reps in this, in this offense. It's the same thing with Donovan Leary. Listen, I was told, and not that I need to be told this, but we're not going to go into the season with two freshman quarterbacks. Like, that's just – that's not the answer that they plan on having. And we had this conversation last time. But they're going to go get an experienced quarterback if, if it's not Tommy DeVito and Art Sikowski. And if Art Sikowski's back, they're still getting a transfer quarterback. 
Yep. I mean, that's... <laughs> Nothing to add. Like, I'm not trying to be... We don't need to talk. I mean, we don't need to spend time talking about Kirkland Misha. Who, look, he's so intriguing. And, and, like, when he got here, I had heard that, like, maybe he could be a safety net and, and yeah. kind of a... Brett Bielema calls walk-ons erasers a lot and erases recruit. He can be all of those We things. talk about depth. <laughs> you need depth at this position, and maybe by next year or the year after, he and Donovan Leary can be those guys that, listen, we've seen some huge drop-offs. Ever since it was Westland and Riley O'Toole, the drop-off from the starter, which hasn't always been good at Illinois, to the second string has been massive. I think Art Sikowski's minimized that a little bit the last couple years. But still, you need to upgrade that that depth. And we've seen Northwestern the last couple of years, how bad that can get. We saw in 2017 how bad that can get. So that's that's the first hope is, is those guys uh, help help your depth a little bit. I always think of uh, you and I are, are fans of Tom Fornelli. And I, and I always think when a team kicks a field goal and they shouldn't, it's the Simpsons gif. And he says, you know, you don't win games by kicking field goals. You don't stay eight and four and move up by starting redshirt and true freshman. Most times there are exe- there Unless are they're five stars. Yeah, there are exceptions <laughs> to those rules, and, and those exceptions are at Alabama, at Clemson, at USC, and, and at the Blue Bloods. Uh, that's just, I mean, I don't know. Look, I don't think we're wrong. They're going to bring in a transfer, but there, there's an gap. All those things we talked about still play in. Ryan, I see your question about the crush. I haven't been able to ask about it, so I don't want to say something and, and not be fair. So we'll get to that at some point. Uh, two people, Harkless. Yeah, Jamarian Harkless, who was, I thought, just a massive get in June. Then he decommits about uh, two months later. Massive nose guard, the exact kind of player they need, prospect they need on the defensive line. Uh, He decommitted today from Auburn. Not a surprise. Doesn't sound like it was his decision. Uh, Would he come back? Like, listen, if if Illinois feels this kid wants to be here and they feel like he's not going to be an issue – he is the type of talent they need. So if he wants to come back, I would entertain it if I'm Illinois, especially if you don't get Jamal Howard uh, out of Chicago Marist. Um, but he's not – like, even if you got Harkless, I think he's capable of rotating in early. That's not going to be your answer on the defensive line because what you're losing isn't – like, you're losing Calvin Avery, but T. Rod Edwards and I think Rashawn Wilkins will fill that spot next year. What you need is a dynamic, disruptive three technique, four-eye technique – uh, to, to replace a, a Johnny Newton or, or however that goes. So um, we'll see. Um, Harkless seems like he's, he's pleading for somebody to take a chance on him. So it, it always stinks when this happens late in the process of you're committed to somewhere, coaching staff changes. This month is crazy, Joey. Just of all the player movement, all the coach movement, um, it, it just creates a lot of unknowns in a very small window. These guys have to make big decisions because – Listen, they might call it the early signing period. It is the signing period. Sure, there's going to be some scholarships left, but with the transfer portal now, Joey, there are so few scholarships available at the Power 5 level that you have to rush to make these decisions and hope it's the right one. Yeah, I would – you take his call. I mean, like, I, there's just a lot of moving pieces, right? Because you're still recruiting that position. So I don't – We'll see. It's an interesting. You do feel for the kid. He, he committed somewhere as a coaching change. That was a pretty obvious coaching change. Uh, yeah, it was odd when he committed to Auburn. Like, he had to know that this was going to be risk, right? Or some people around him had to know this was going to be a risk uh, for him at some point. How do we upgrade a punter and kicker? Well, they're trying with the scholarship guys, Declan Dooley, punter, um, kicker, David Alano. Listen, I think Caleb Griffin, who went through uh, senior day, I thought he was really good at the end of the season. 
missed what four of his first eight field goals, but made his last nine, I believe it was. And they didn't give him a lot of options either, by the way. Like the last nine, remember three games were just wind disasters, but he he, he leveled down quite a bit. Punter, all right. Yeah, no, no Hugh's got to be a hell of a lot better. And if not, you know, Declan Dooley, that's why they're bringing him in. Um, we'll see if they add any more competition via the walk-on route. But certainly needs to be better. I thought kicker was good towards the end of the year. I thought Caleb had a couple poor games early, but he, he was better towards the end of the season. Obviously, Pantone came in and gave you two really good games and made seven big field goals for you. Uh, last one, and then we'll get out of here. Who is the incoming freshman most likely to make an impact next season? We just, we just talked about him. Declan Dooley and David Alano. It's not the sexiest answer in the world, but I think those two, now, in a more real sense, they're still recruiting two guys, Malik Elzey, Jair Hill. Who, I was going to say probably someone not committed yet. Yeah, I mean, I think Sabor Kareem is somebody who could who could be in that that realm. But to me, honestly, punter and kicker feel like the, the, it's the true, honest, gut answers. The positions that most likely to make an impact, right, early, are the skill positions, running back, wide receiver, uh, and defensive back, right? And then the kicker-punter combination as well. I don't think Caden Fagan, I think he's going to need some development time. You know, Jordan Anderson's got a year on him to potentially play that role. I, I know he's a four-star prospect, but I just I don't think he's going to be the guy to make the big impact because Josh McCray is probably going to be the lead back on this team. If you get Malik Elzey or Colin Dixon, I would put those guys in the mix. Because even if Brian Hightower, Casey Washington, Pat Bryan are all left, I think there's a way to get somebody who's got a little bit more separation skills on the field. And both those guys are very, very good prospects. And I still think Illinois, despite LZ, uh, as Alan True reported today, is going to take an official to Wisconsin, which makes sense because he was committed to Luke Fickle at one point. I still think Illinois is in a strong position there. And then Colin Dixon is taking an official visit this weekend. I do agree with you. I should have probably brought up DBs. I don't know which one. I think Sabor Kareem has a great upside. But I also think Jaheen Clark, Kanari Wilcher, Zach Toby, they could all find a role somehow. Those guys will play on special teams as well. That's usually now where they're at in the program, mm -hmm. where the freshmen are making an impact. You're at a part, point in your program where I know we got used to it in the Lovey Smith era, <laughs> This isn't how most programs, winning programs, unless they're five-star guys, how they're built. They're, they're usually built with upperclassmen, maybe some sophomores, but the freshmen usually need time to develop. Yeah, that's why when Lovey Smith went that route in 2017, everyone nationally and, and on the beat was like, whoa, what? that's different because it is different. And, yeah, I, with you, they want to be a development program, skill positions. The further from the football, the more likely you can make an impact immediately in terms of i.e. not the trenches uh, so i think those th those are the best options but i'll still say i stand by kicker and punter last thing i want to bring up is alex belcheski brought yeah. up the last time they went to tampa and raymond james stadium they went into usf and got smoked i was there for that game it was right after a hurricane uh and they got smoked in that game you could tell they didn't believe joey you talked with sydney brown today this team believes they're going to win. Like they, they believe they're going to win, which is why it's so difficult of losing some of these really close games uh, in November. But, man, this program could not be any different, and you feel so good for guys like Sidney Brown, Alex Palczewski, Quan Martin, Alex Pilstrom, man, getting second team all Big Ten. Palczewski told me he almost cried uh, when he saw that for a former walk-on tight end to turn into an all Big Ten center. You feel great for these kids uh, to be able to go to – 
what is a bigger time bowl game than they've ever been and to leave the program feeling like they definitely left it in a better spot than they came into it. Alex Pilstrom's the best development story that no one's talking about. I mean, he was exactly what Illinois needed him to be. But, yeah, the, to your point, I, I was glad Alex Palczewski brought that up. Uh, they, they do. They they remember that game, and that was – Alex Palczewski goes, I try to tell people because I look around and, like, no one else was here in 2017. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, that was a long time ago, man. But it's been a long road. It's been a long road, Jeremy, and I'll write about this. From Brett Bielema being in State College in that December awkward – Rod Smith, interim coach, kind of gunslinging game in, in Penn State to where they are now. And it's it not always been pretty, but playing on a New Year's Day bowl game. Yep. And, and eight and four, and we're in the Big Ten West race. I'm sure it stung them. I wish we would have asked a little bit more. It didn't feel like the right time. I'm sure it stung them last night to watch the Big Ten championship game. Uh, but, man, it's come a long way uh, under Brett Bielman. Of course, now – maintain, sustain, and, and keep pushing it forward. But it's been a hell of a two-year run for him. All right, Joey Wagner and I, likely road trip? What's going to be on the uh, aux cord? Well, I thought we would do daily, like, 20-minute pods on our drive okay. to update um, the, the senseless ramblings of – I don't even know the route. We got to – yeah, we got to find – like, we got to do an interesting route where we can find some, like, good – Foods places yeah, like drive-ins, also, diners and dives, like Flavortown here. Who's calling me out for pretzels? Because I do oh, love salt. Uh, Derek and I called you out because we, we thought it, they said on the broadcast during the Maryland game you were at a wedding um, that they, they threw a pretzel on the floor, and Derek and I mentioned that or I mentioned sure. you love soft pretzels. Oh, I do. Yeah. See, I wasn't lying. He it's loves so himself some soft pretzels, so we'll find a soft pretzel on the. Okay, so I'm just looking quick here at the drive. We could go a long way to Lu- through Louisville. That's I think some... we just go through Nashville, get some hot chicken. All right. You oh, can I, take I, a picture I got for... some places there. Yeah. We can stop in Atlanta. Uh, I think that's. Uh... Can we avoid the Atlanta traffic? That's what I'd like to do. Well, I'm not sure. I would think we cannot, Jeremy. That is a, that is a long drive. That is a lot of driving. Maybe we Chattanooga. If there could be something. No. If you know any places from nashville down through atlanta and into tampa that you think jeremy and i need to stop at we'll just give you the venmo to, to pay for it but if you <laughs> I, think we would. I bet you guys would too uh we're not gonna do that but jeremy might not <laughs> just I'm, venmo open to, I'm open to the idea of just, just put your mind. venmo on on your uh, yeah. twitter profile and see if people fund give our tips. road trip to the bowl game uh no it's gonna be a lot of fun uh i've only covered one bowl game before uh, covering this team. So going to be a lot of fun getting down to Tampa uh, around New Year's Day. Appreciate you guys listening to the Alana Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for watching uh, on the live YouTube channel. If you guys are doing that, we appreciate you. It's been a lot of fun doing these throughout the year. We're going to continue doing them. Hit the like button and subscribe if you don't already as well. And check out all our content at Alana Inquirer. It's going to be a very busy month. Joey called it the offseason. I no longer call it the offseason because it feels like December uh, and April now after the actual regular seasons are, are more uh, intense than ever. So we'll have plenty to report on and uh, plenty to analyze with the all of the player movement happening between now and early signing period. So everybody have a great night. Take care of each other, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Atlanta Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.